and Mine Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time, so we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. We're back, back switches. switches. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, a podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood award history. My name is Corey. My name is Jeff. How you doing, Jeff? I'm fantastic after our week off. That's right. We had a week off, uh, you know, family uh, getaway, and, um, you know, like, there were some birthdays in there. We had to... Well, it was Halloween. Uh, you know. <laughs> there, was, there, was a, there was a lot of family time that needed to be had. So, uh, so we took a week off. But we're back, Switches. <laughs> No, I don't think that's going to work. No, I like it. I yeah, like it. You know. We're, we got to sell it. We're back, switches. Something no, that like didn't that. Work. Wait. Yeah. I don't. Got to have like a Sam 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 Jackson voice. I am not going to do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, every week, with the help of our super time computer, Al, we take a year in a category <laughs> from a uh, Oscars of years past and decide who should have really won the Oscar. By switching the envelope. So, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and fire up Al and uh, and see what year and category we're going to go to this week. Okay. Uh, looks like we have our category and we have our year. Always fun. Always fun. All right. This actually looks like a really good category and a really good year. Oh, does it? It does. Corey does not know yet. Nope. Wink. Wink. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna let Corey know by giving him a couple of we're gonna let Corey know by giving him a couple questions <clears throat> in a game we like to call. That's right. It's time for headlines. Now the game is actually called headlines, but Corey likes to say it's time for headlines. I, but gotta, it's actually called headlines. I got to do my like uh, you know it's like monster truck rally voice. I like doing it. Or it's cool, man. I like or it. Or like sexy. Uh, wrestling. You know, like. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, man. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Corey's really into the wrestling. No, not at all. His his favorite man is Hulk Hogan. Is he still mm. is he still wrestling? No, I don't believe so. Didn't he just do a sex tape or something? Uh, that was a uh, that was like a decade ago. But yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, we should do a switch the envelope where we rate sex tapes. <laughs> Next switch week. the sex tape. Next week, yes. Switch the envelope. We're gonna talk about which switching the sex, sex tape. Tapes. Should have won Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're talking about the headlines of this year. The first headline we have is on the NBC network television show ER, Dr. Doug, Doug Ross leaves the show on the show ER. His name, you know him as George Clooney. Oh, yeah, my favorite favorite person in the world, George Clooney. Yep. He's, uh, he's the only one I would switch teams for, man. <laughs> I love me some George Clooney. So what year is this? He left ER. It was a sad day when he got married, you know. Dashed my hopes of ever becoming his pool boy in Italy. <laughs> you never know, man. He owns a lake, a man. <laughs> Does he own a lake? I don't think he owns the lake, but uh, he has uh, like a villa on Lake Cuomo. Oh, he, in, oh, he owns the lake. He owns it. I bet, I bet he owns the lake. You know, I would. I'm not vamping because I don't know the year. It's just uh, I love George Clooney. All right. I, anyway, I also one. don't know the next year. one. You have no idea. I never All watched right. ER. I, yeah, it, it was an. It was like a an adult. Oh wait, hold on. That gives me kind of a clue. It was an adult show back then. I wouldn't have watched it. It was like not appealing honestly. I to loved me. this show. This show is really? fantastic. I've actually rewatched this show. Really? Yeah. And it's good. It's so good. Especially the first like few at few seasons with uh, George Clooney, and it's got Goose, man. Goose is on Goose, this. Goose is in in the earth, and he hasn't died yet. Does he die? Spoiler on ER? alert! Spoiler alert for anybody that's gonna watch ER. Does he die in ER? He's the only he's the only cast member that dies in the show. Oh, I thought you were referring to him dying in Top Gun. Also, yeah, spoiler just, alert. They, <laughs> dude, for some reason, people just like to kill off Anthony Ed- Edwards. The only other show I've seen him in was was uh, Gotcha. 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 He didn't die in that, though. No. Well, good for him. Yeah, okay. I don't know the year. The, I, like, 93. I, I don't know. Whenever 93. Fuck, no. Whenever the fuck no. George Clooney Since was on ER. Since ER started in 94. Then he probably didn't leave the show in 93. <laughs> Although, no. technically, not on the show in both of these years. In this year, there was a very fantastic outdoor concert. Oh, Okay, it was the 30-year anniversary of this concert. 
It was all about peace and love until Limp Bizkit got up there, got it, told everybody to break some shit. Ooh. It was yeah. a pretty terrible. It was a pretty terrible concert where people got really hurt, really affected, and then they never did this concert again. This was the third time they did Woodstock, right? Yes. And then they did no more. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what year this is. Uh, you, I mean, you said 30-year anniversary. They they did three of these. Uh, it wasn't the middle one, uh, 30 years. So 69 was the original Woodstock, so 1999 Woodstock. Yes, 1999 Woodstock. So this is the year 1999, and our category is Best Picture for 1999. Best Picture, 1999. Al, bring up the Academy Awards listings of nominees for Best Picture of 1999. Okay. Okay. All right. (laughs) This year is motherfucking Shakespeare in Love wins Best Picture. Oh, man. I am so glad Al Al brought this up. I, I do not understand how on God's green earth this fucking movie won or was nominated for so many fucking Academy Awards. It's Gwyneth Paltrow. She's better than us. This is, yeah. This she is, really is. She is, knows uh, everything. I was listening because I believe last episode I, I put a, a, you know, into the uh, the ether that we should totally do this show because we mentioned this show on the last episode. We did. Um, this is in the heyday of, of everybody thinking Gwyneth Paltrow was actually British because <laughs> everything she did, <laughs> she had a British accent. Uh, nope. Dupe, dupe to the world. And then didn't she marry a Brit? Uh, she's married to a couple Brits. I, I don't. I don't know. Wasn't she married? Wait, who was married to the lead singer of Coldplay? She was married to the lead singer of Coldplay, and they named their child Apple. Well, he's British. He totally is. Yeah. So maybe while she was married to him, she picked up his accent. I'm pretty sure she married him well after everybody was like, "Oh, she's American." Well, maybe she married him to be British by injection. <laughs> It's very possible, yeah, because she just wanted to like legitimize, you know, that sort her of, fake Britishness. Yeah. All right. Before we get into the uh, the actual nominees for the category, why don't we take a peek behind the Oscar? So, 1999 is the 71st annual Academy Awards, hosted by Whoopi Goldberg. It is hosted by Whoopi Goldberg, and this is a uh, this is a year where she not. Billy Crystal. Not Billy Crystal. No, this is one of the, uh, like, one of six years total in the entire Academy Awards where Billy Crystal didn't. Yes. <laughs> didn't host it. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was held in, in March of 1999. And uh, Whoopi Goldberg, she comes out in, uh, at one point in this Academy Awards dressed as a Queen Elizabeth. She's got a whole Victorian thing going on with a, a whole, like, really pale, you know, makeup. And she's got this whole, like, dress. So if you can picture it, Picture Whoopi Goldberg, not looking like Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, looking, looking like, like Queen Elizabeth. Yes, and the reason why she's she's looking like Queen Elizabeth is because this particular Academy Awards is the first time that we have two actresses, not one, but two actresses who are nominated in their respective uh, categories for portraying the same character. In this case, Queen Elizabeth, Elizabeth. the first. So, yeah. so that's why Whoopi Goldberg comes out not looking like Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Yeah, but looking like Queen Elizabeth. It was the year in which Queen Elizabeth the first was real in vogue. In she Hollywood. was real in vogue. <laughs> she, uh, you know, she she was real real popular character to play, and uh, you know, got nominations for both the actresses that played her. Um, and this came out uh, when they uh, did the Oscars. They were at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. Oh yeah, Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. The Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh don't know. Hmm. I don't know. It's not the shrine anymore. It's the uh, what's it, what's it nailed at? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Nobody it cares. It was the Kodak Theater at one point. Kodak Theater. I think it might be the Shrine Auditorium. The Shrine they, where they're doing they the, to, Oh, yeah. that's right. They are not at the Kodak Theater anymore. They're at the Shrine. Yeah. Um, this if is, anybody uh, knows how to what the real answers to this are, just angry hashtag us on yeah. Twitter. Hit us up on Twitter at Switch Envelope. Tell us why we were wrong. We love seeing people correct us. <clears throat> Honestly, we do. <laughs> It keeps us honest. You know what I'm saying? Uh, interesting enough, the pres- interestingly enough, interestingly enough, yes, interestingly enough, yes, the president of the academy at this time. I'm gonna guess uh, Donald Glover. <laughs> no, not Donald Glover. Although I'm sure he would make a fantastic president of the academy. No, it was uh, it was Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. So he was in charge. 
of, at that time of the academy of the academy. I don't think they would trust. Him let's to sit do that with now. that for just a yeah, minute. Let's just let's just have a moment of silence to think about the fact that Kevin Spacey was the president of the academy at this time. Should just insert cricket noises. <laughs> I think we'll let people have their own cricket noises yeah. for that. Moving on. Uh, this is the year in which everybody fell in love with Shakespeare in Love, By the way, we should put an insert a hashtag, what the fuck. Hashtag, <laughs> yeah, hashtag what the fuck, Kevin Spacey. Um, this is the year where everybody fell in love with Shakespeare in Love for some reason, and it earned 13, fucking 13 nominations for this movie, including Best Picture, which it won. Uh, it was nominated in fucking every category, man. I, I don't understand. This movie is atrocious. I mean, it's all right. It's serviceable for like a sort of period piece romantic comedy. It does not deserve the accolades or the critical like reception that it that it got. Um, Judy Dench being the Queen Elizabeth in in that particular movie, she's actually pretty good in it. But uh, like the movie in, in itself is is really like it's for theater geeks. Only. It's really like, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it later, but... We'll definitely get into this movie because it's Shakespeare in Love, and it's it's terrible. It's not Saving Private Ryan. Well, you know, no, no, we we got to make sure we're not... It's te- it's not a terrible movie. It's just not uh, an Academy Award movie compared to the other movies that it's nominated against. Yes. You can't compare it to the movies like Saving Private Ryan that are in this same category I mean, it's, for Best Picture. It's Four Weddings and a Funeral, man. Like, it, it's enjoyable, enjoyable to it's a not certain even extent, four, but, like, well, no, it doesn't part, belong yeah. in this sort of caliber, you know? Uh, this is an interesting Oscars because one of the other most decorated films um, of this Oscars, or nomination uh, nominated films, is um, a foreign-language film called Life is Beautiful, which is famous for having... Um, actor, director, writer, Roberto Benigni in it. Yes. And he famously jumps up on the seats when he wins uh, for best actor in this uh, particular Academy Awards. He jumped on the seats and he hugged and he kissed everybody. And, well, you know, because like, just like Cuba Gooding Jr. in previous years, he was extremely surprised that he won over he better have. actors. <laughs> yeah. Who, who's he was like, holy against? shit, I won... Against Tom Hanks. Yeah, he won against uh, fucking Edward Norton in American History X. I won against Edward Norton. I totally shouldn't have. So f- there's a there's a, a lot of sort of fun facts about, um, you know, Life is Beautiful in particular because it is, um, you know, only the second film ever to be nominated for both Best Picture and Best Foreign Language Film. Uh, Roberto Benigni specifically uh, was nominated as a director, a writer, and an actor, and he's um, he's like the second person only ever to to win an Academy Award for acting in a part in which he directed himself, which is interesting. The only other person to to have done that up until that point was Laurence Olivier for Hamlet. You know, yeah. So I mean that's that's pretty cool that he that he he got he got to do that. I mean I you know would disagree with their choice, but you know it's fine. Um, he's uh, only the third performer ever to win an Academy Award for a non English speaking role. You know, and um, you know he he <laughs> it is what it is, man. Like life is beautiful. I will get into it later because it is part of the nomination list, but. It's it's weird tonally. Like I'm not sure what people saw in, like what what the Academy was like then that they saw. Well, it was run by Kevin Spacey, so <laughs> let's just leave it at that. That's true. And fucking move on. It was it was just his favorite movies. <laughs> it was his main favorite. It was definitely his favorite movies. Yeah. And that was switch the envelopes. Peek behind the Oscars. Now what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a look at the nominees for the 1999 Best Picture. <clears throat> and the nominees are Shakespeare in Love, The Thin Red Line, Elizabeth, Saving Private Ryan, and Life is Beautiful. Okay, that's the full list of all the 1999 Best Picture nominees, and the winner of that list was Shakespeare in Love. Yes, unfortunately, Shakespeare in Love won Best Picture. Over a few other good, like really good yeah. movies. Um, now, obviously, this is all in. This is all up to interpretation, which is the entire show. Because Corey and I, I think, are in agreement that Shakespeare in Love, it's a chick flick. That uh, aside from being a chick flick, it's 
it's got it's some not really, in the same caliber as the other movies that are on this list. It's got some really like just corny chick like, flick, like horribly interjected references to Shakespearean now, era stuff, and like um, like theater idioms that they throw in there, like they invented them right there. Like it just feels so ham fisted the way that they. That's what I'm saying. I'm bring not the saying theater, that love into it you know i'm not saying the word i'm not saying the phrase chick flick in the um the the typical like oh my god i'm not gonna see i'm saying that this movie is just cheesy as fuck it's not done well it's not and it's just like a movie that's done that's done that's thrown together so that somebody can go so that you can go to the movies and see it with you know date night movie yeah that's why i don't know understand how it won it's incredibly melodramatic yeah and you know, like it was nominated, like I think it won even for best original screenplay. Half of the fucking movie is Romeo and Juliet, like d- <laughs> original screenplay. Like they just wove a shitty love story around the parts of R- Romeo and Juliet. I don't know. We'll get into it more when we like dissect this in in the second half of in our part two. But man, yeah, it, it doesn't look well for uh, for Shakespeare in Love at this point. Yeah, but right now let's get into uh, all the. All the uh, top 10 movies at the box office. Yeah, there were some fantastic movies that came out in 1998. So let's explore the top 10 highest grossing movies of 1998. Now remember, we're doing 1998 because that's the movies that came out at the same time as the movies we are talking about. So even though the Oscars were in 1999, all these movies came out in 1998. So we're going to talk about the top 10 movies at the box office that came out the same year as the movies we're referring to. 1998 was a was actually a pretty good year for movies, if I do say so. It is a good movie. It is a year for good movies. Why don't you tell us some of the great movies that came out this year? I mean, one of the greatest movies that came out this year, Spice World. All right, so why don't you tell us some of the movies that were really actually good that came out oh, you, this year? You didn't, you didn't like Spice World? I, th- I think you know what I think of Spice World. Okay. Um, I mean, what about like uh, A Night at the Roxbury? That's a great film that came out this year. Uh, despite the Oscar-winning performance of Will Ferrell and the other guy that Chris I don't Kattan. care about, Chris Kattan, <laughs> who did like one movie and doesn't nobody hears from him anymore, um, I think we have better movies on our list. I mean, one of the one of the greatest kids movies ever made, Small Soldiers. Actually, I think that movie should have been nominated for Best Picture for visual effects. Oh, you know what? Yeah, maybe. Uh, although, you know, I the- went and stood on the set. Of small soldiers, I have a place in my heart for small soldiers. <laughs> Do you? It doesn't belong in our list, though. Okay. I, actually, some some really good movies were were made in in 1998, uh, including like Pleasantville. Um, Pleasantville is, is a great, is one of my movie. favorite movies um, uh, of all. Better time. than Small Soldiers. I like it better than Small Soldiers, but I, I do recognize that the people better than Urban Legends love Small Soldiers. It's a beloved film that was made in 1998. Um, no, but like uh, the Big Lebowski came out this year. Rushmore, um, Simon Birch is a really good movie. I still haven't seen Big Lebowski. Yeah, well, I guess we won't be adding that to our. Uh... We can still add it to our list. We added Not a couple. If you lists. haven't seen it, well, we added a couple to our list before that we ha- that I hadn't seen. I I would just if you haven't actually seen it, or if you're not going to see it in in the interim, I can see it before our, before our next. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Um, I mean, pencil it in. It's fine. Um, other great great movies that came out this year. Before we get to the top ten, um, you know, fucking, I already said Pleasantville. Uh, the Negotiator, I really enjoyed. Um, I love The Negotiator. Um, even though even though it stars Kevin Spacey, man, The Negotiator is still a fantastic movie. And I'm using it fantastic so much. I'm gonna keep using it. Hashtag fucking fantastic. <laughs> uh, the Wedding Singer came out this year. We got. Yeah, it's not Oscar caliber. No, no, it's not That's Oscar great. caliber. It's a, it's a good movie. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that these are the Oscar caliber movies, but you know, like uh, the Wedding Singer is a really enjoyable uh, Adam Sandler movie. Um, I actually think it's one of his best movies. I, I think that if, I if agree. you look at his life, at his 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 career is like an arc. It goes up until Wedding Singer, and then it just kind of goes down from there. Yeah, I would <laughs> I would say you know there's a. Because everything before Wedding Singer is is getting better and better and better, right. and then that's like an actual movie, and then everything afterwards just kind of goes downhill. True. Yeah. When did he do? Um, what year did he do Spanglish? Did he do it in the that's same year? Much later. Much later. Yeah, it's in the aughts. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that was a good movie. So, like, but... his, his comedic movies, yes, follow that path. And then he started doing some dramatic roles, Punch Drunk Love and Spanglish and, and whatever. Those are actually pretty good movies. Um, but, yeah, his, his comedy, he... His, his and then he mixed movies. them with funny people. But... Yeah, all the fun funny people I liked. No, it's good, but I'm saying yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a mixture of comedy yeah, because and he's a, serious. He's a dramatic role in a movie about funny people. Who steal jokes and are cat dicks. Right, yeah. Uh, also, this year... Um, a movie that I really liked, if I can find, find it. Uh, a movie that I really liked, uh, Meet Joe Black. Um, so awesome. Brad Pitt. Great death scene. The beginning. Greatest death scene the ever. opening scene where he gets hit by that car. If you don't like Brad Pitt and you want to see him gnarly. die, yeah. watch Meet Joe Black. Um, no spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I can't say spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. No spoiler alert on Meet Joe Black because on Meet Joe Black, he dies in the very beginning. That's the whole that's the whole point of the movies. Yeah. Yeah. He's death. He's death, yeah. Um <clears throat> The Truman Show was also this year, um, which is a, an underrated movie. I it's think. not only underrated, it's probably one of his best movies. Agreed. Jim Carrey is is really good in, in the Truman Although, Show. Although speaking of Jim Carrey, I've wanted to say this on this on this show for a while. The Majestic is his most underrated movie. Have you ever seen The Majestic? I really like The Majestic, yeah. That is the, that is his best movie. I wonder super if, underrated. I wonder if if uh, you know us sort of being of the right age puts us in the the sort of Jim Carrey wheelhouse where we're just like fans of Jim Carrey, even his dramatic roles, because he gets shitted, <laughs> he gets shit on. Yeah, a but lot I don't think anybody saw Maj- the Majestic. I don't think anybody even knows that movie. I mean, uh, some people saw it, you know. But yeah, but it's not a big. I, don't, I didn't see it in the theater. Oh, I, yeah, I saw it in the theater. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it. When it was just came, when it had just come out, it's you know it's one of those movies too where I'm kind of surprised it, it you know like that it 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 wasn't um, it, at least in in the sort of Oscar buzz because the people of the Academy love movies about movies. Matt Damon's in it in a small cameo. Right? It's really funny. <laughs> um, of course, he's in Euro Trip, but I mean, like he's also in in like some Marvel movies and like he. Makes, well, Marvel movies are big movies. I mean, Euro Trip is no, like no, a, but he make he makes the the most. Amazing cameos in movies, man. He's in he's in the Majestic as the voice of his of his doppelganger. He just <laughs> he just comes in the Majestic and you just hear him talking through a letter, and it's it's obviously Matt Damon, <laughs> and you're like, well, okay, that's Matt Damon talking. Hashtag obviously Matt Damon. <laughs> um, all right, so let, let's let's go ahead and actually get into the top ten movies uh, of that year. Number ten is a Robin Williams movie about uh, you know he's a funny doctor that helps people deal with their terminal illnesses in Patch Adams. Did you see, have you seen Patch Adams? I have seen Patch Adams. It's not my favorite um, movies of his movie of his because mm-hmm. I just thought I think the themes are very cliche. Yeah, because um, he he kind of got into that into that role where he's always the funny guy who uses comedy and is to to cure something yeah he's making people laugh and that's the most healing medicine yeah and that's patch adams in a nutshell <laughs> uh number nine is uh the remake i guess uh of godzilla i guess or the, the like american version of godzilla which is matthew broderick's godzilla which is fucking terrible oh, i don't like matthew broderick i like matthew broderick but godzilla was not great um, I believe He's Ferris Bueller, dude. I believe Godzilla is save Ferris. <laughs> save hashtag save Ferris. Um, Godzilla takes over like Madison Square Garden and lays a bunch of eggs or some shit. Like it's it's real bad. Uh, number eight is um, a movie where I believe we get uh, Morgan Freeman as the first black president ever in Deep Impact. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. You're talking about you're not talking about the porn. Oh no no no! The movie where oh, the there's movie like a meteor, okay, gotcha. right? That's Sorry. about to hit Earth. Gotcha. Yeah, some uh, some interestingly nice and also simultaneously dated special effects in that movie. Um, well, now they're dated. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Now, like looking back, like some of the special effects are cool. Some of them are like, oh, that's some early CG. Uh, number seven, a really fun Jackie Chan movie, Rush Hour. Um, now come Chris on, you Tucker, cannot peak you can, Tucker. You cannot. This wasn't. This was Breakthrough Tucker. This is well. Oh, no, no, no. Breakthrough Tucker is Friday, but yeah, and and uh, the Fifth Element. <laughs> I was just watching that yesterday. Yeah, so good. Uh, S- Cold my man. Cold my man. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come, here. come, here. come, here. come here. <laughs> 
I need a match. I don't need a match. Yeah. I, I don't got fire. You got fire. You got fire. Oh, that is my that is my bad bad Chris Tucker. I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> but rush hour, yeah, that's like that's peak Chris Tucker. Um, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yeah. Oh man, so good. Yeah, that's, that's it's a really enjoyable film. It's not a great film, but it's a really good action film. You know, for for what it is. Uh, number six is eight. And they made three of those, so four, three of those. So there's, there's three. Yeah, yeah. They, it was enough to squeeze a franchise out of the, the sort of charisma and um, chemistry between Chris Tucker and um, Jackie Chan. But you know, like Jackie Chan, like I'll go see any Jackie. Well, there Chan was movie. a void left after they didn't have any more Lethal Weapon movies, so they sure. needed to make the, the Rush Hour movies. Sure. Um, number six is a terrible movie that is a remake of an equally terrible movie called Doctor Doolittle. <sighs> I I can I don't I don't get mm-mm. this was like Eddie Murphy fresh off of uh, Nutty Professor and you know like yeah let's give him another remake from you know an, an old sixties film and he's pretty much only done remakes since then kind of yeah um, Doctor Doolittle not great it it is um, I mean a lot of people went to go see it it was sixth on the list but it it is hard to watch. I think Norm Macdonald is the voice of a dog in this movie. Yeah. It's it's not good. And the subsequent sequel oh, uh, that they made is like direct to video bad. It's so bad. Honestly, I watch anything Eddie Murphy's in because I love seeing Eddie Murphy. I like Eddie I really Murphy. Do. It's, I really do. It doesn't matter what he's watching, what he's in. But the Dr. Doolittle movie is kind of sad. Like you feel I like don't. I think it's fine. I think it's him. fine. It's really? whatever. Mm. I think I think it's so I think the fact that it is number six six on this list is a little funny, but I, I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, I did not like it at all. Uh, you know, we we talked about um, Adam Sandler and the Wedding Singer being sort of like the the pinnacle of Adam Sandler um, comedies. the The movie that is uh, number five on this list is the immediately <laughs> immediate downturn <laughs> of uh, Adam Sandler comedies in. The Water Boy. Um, number four on this list is in um, is a Pixar movie. It's uh, their follow up to the success of Toy Story, and it's the second Pixar movie that that came out. The Pixar Disney Pixar joint uh, venture um, called A Bug's Life, which is sort of the like the stepchild of the Pixar family. Like nobody really nobody really discusses it in in the the sort of conversation of Pixar films. I'm the wrong age to have seen this. I never saw this movie. I, I think because it plays a little more like a kid's movie that like we don't really see Well, I was a I lot think of f- 13 or 14 when Toy Story came out. Mm-hmm. So I was still young enough where I saw it. Right. This movie came out and I think I was like, wait, I was a, like a junior in high school or something. So I... They're only a this. year apart, I think. And Toy Story came out in 97. This came out in 98. Really? Or no, no, fuck. No. Toy Story came out in 95. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I was fourteen when they came out. So yeah, yeah. so three three years would would have gone by. Yeah, you would have been sixteen or something like that. Yeah, so this see, I judge I judge my life in movies really. Yeah. So <laughs> I judge my movie my life by when what movie came out. So um, yeah, I didn't see Bugs Life. It's it's a it's a decent movie. You know, like the story is, is good. Um, it's about ants. You know, ants also came out this year, <laughs> which is ants is a. Pretty cute movie, man. Bugs Life is Woody better. Woody Allen, Sylvester Stallone. It's a yeah, good movie. But Bugs there's Life. There's a lot of social. Uh, there's a lot of social um, implications and ants that you relate that adults relate to. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah, I think Bugs Life is is a tighter movie. You know, like it's got a better it's Pixar. It is Pixar. Yeah, they, they have one. They have one storyline they go by yeah they know how to write a story that's that's real tight and gives you the well they only have one like story they do it's like they have one like well that's not true theme (laughs) they have one thematic whatever that's not true at all but it 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 is uh, it is sort of the lesser talked about uh pixar films and i think it's because it feels more like a kid's movie than than the other ones like there are a lot of pixar films like you know up and wally and um wally yeah exactly um that that have uh, the Incredibles that have like this really mass family movie appeal that also like they feel like cool movies that even if you're a young adult or you know even a teenager you're like yeah that was a really cool movie you know um, you know I, I defy anybody to watch the first ten minutes of Up 
and I know that you, you don't cry at movies, but like that first ten minutes of Up is like heart wrenching. Yeah, it's pretty depressing. Yeah, I don't it's, cry it's at crazy. it. It's depressing. When we saw Up in the theater, and that first ten minutes happens, we all like I remember looking at my my wife and uh, whoever else we were with, just like what the fuck this is supposed to be an animated i know i was also really upset i was like dude why is this guy still staying in his house like give weren't you upset weren't you upset with for the developer i was so sad for the developer (laughs) i was like this old man this nice developer is trying to is trying to build a new property and the old man won't give up his house i was so mad i mean i was more sad that they stopped looking for that explorer guy that (laughs) just went missing and nobody cared right just saying um but anyway, A Bug's Life comes in at number four. Uh, number three is a movie that, um, looking back on it now, is incredibly dated. Still pretty funny. Um, it's a Fairly Brothers movie um, where there's a cum joke, which is awesome. It's <laughs> you really like the semen jokes. Uh, this movie is There's Something About Mary. This is a great movie. I, I Like I said, it's a little dated now, but... I feel like it's still funny. I will say that the movie became funnier just by Matt Dillon's character. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Dillon's character was the funniest damn thing. It's still, I still think about his character and I just laugh. Just when he puts in his, gets his teeth fixed. Oh, yeah. The says, <laughs> the, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a lot of comedy, the comedy gold Chompers. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Dillon is is really like everybody in the Ben Stiller's funny in this movie. Ben Stiller's I think is the least funny in this movie, which is weird because he's the comedian. But um, who's who's the guy? Chris something. The, the guy that plays the pizza delivery boy is hilarious. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, fuck, he was <laughs> he was Cabin Boy. Oh no no no, that's a different guy. That's the guy that plays cabin his, boy. his, his the ex girlfriend, the ex boyfriend. Sorry, the ex boyfriend. Yeah, and he's like scratching. He's like, oh, oh yeah. He, the- he gets these like terrible lesions. Oh man, these it's, are love blisters. The uh, the the dog is a funny character in this movie. Her old fucking neighbor or whatever with uh, the yeah, just just leather skin boobs. Like, this is a funny. This is a. This is it's a, a funny, funny movie. movie. It's a funny movie. It, it, there's something is there about it that, there that has very not 90s, seen this movie. I mean, seriously, this is a great movie. I'm sure there are people that haven't seen it, but it's a lot of people saw it because it's third on on the list for uh, 1998. Um, you know, and the and the, the sing the guys that are singing all through the movie. There's something about Mary. That, those guys. Oh yeah, they're yeah. really yeah. They really add something to the quirkiness of the this movie. Is, this is in a time where the Fairly Brothers were really churning out like. Um, before they're, Shallow Hal came out, they're like really good brand of comedy. You know, this yeah. is Dumb and Dumber. This is Me, Myself, and Irene. This is, um, you know, there's something about Mary. You know, like they, yeah. They and were, then they put out Shallow Hal, and then they put out that other idiot movie that. What was the other one that came out with Matt Damon? Stuck on you. Stuck on you. God, those movies are so stupid. They're not even funny. I laugh at Stuck on You. You know, this is this is well before they tried their hand at at uh, the Three Stooges and failed miserably. Yeah, they, they they after this after these they just just didn't have a they yeah lost they, their mojo. They had their moment. They lost their mojo mojo. Uh, not the uh, the highest ranking comedy on uh, on this list because coming in at number two is the really funny movie Armageddon. <laughs> Dick. It is uh it is so bad you can't help but Don't laugh at how cheesy eyes. and fucking stupid this movie is. This movie is great, man. Come on. When an asteroid is barreling <laughs> towards the Earth, the first thing you want to do is send a mining crew to land on it and explode it from the inside. Because they know how to drill. <laughs> you want to oh. find the best mining crew in the country to go land on it and drill it from the inside. How do you even, like... How do they sell this? How do they sell this to the, to the, to the studio? What, what metric are they using to find the, the country's best drilling crew? Like... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that would the, that would be incredibly I, I, arbitrary. It's just like I, there's this crew close. They're the best drillers, close to us, uh, but they're not willing to go to space. But there's this other crew that's totally willing. They're such good drillers, they drill the best out of anybody. To they fly, drill the fuck out of the ground. Like, how, and how do you convince these these like blue collar union workers to fly a nuclear bomb? Nuclear or nuclear? Nuclear. Nuclear or nuclear? How does President Bush say it? Because that's the correct way, right? The nuclear? Nuclear. Or nuclear? Nuclear. 
Nuclear? Nuclear. Is it nuclear or nuclear? No, nuclear. Nuclear? Nuclear. Nuclear. Nuclear bomb. Nuclear. I, nuclear. Now I don't know. <laughs> How do you convince a, a team of, of blue-collar workers to fly a fucking atom bomb into space to leave it in an asteroid. Like, I, oh, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. I know exactly how. Hmm. You find the one who has Steven Tyler's daughter. Yeah. And then that one who can make Steven Tyler sing the theme song to the movie. That helps. That's the one that yeah. you have. That helps. Go on to the asteroid. Yeah. You, you know what? They don't give enough credit to Steven Tyler for, uh, for connecting for the dots. For selling this movie. No, yes. no. For saving the world. Because without his connection to his daughter, we don't get... Her boyfriend, Ben Affleck, who's part of the world's best mining crew, who's also pretty cool at being astronauts. Just saying. Exactly. That movie is absolute garbage. <laughs> Fight me. But you know what? Yeah. It's number two on the list. It is number two. So Everybody saw Millions of people saw Armageddon. But you know what? Slightly more people by the tune of ten or $15 million worth at the box office. Phantom Menace 1. No. That oh. is the next year. Oh. Uh, saw our number one highest grossing film, and it is one of my favorite films of all time. Karate Kid Part 1. Karate no, Kid I, Part 2. Those are all... Karate Kid Part 3? I think they all exist previous to 1998. Okay. Yeah. They all happened, I think, in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I don't... Uh, maybe Karate Kid Part 3 was in the 90s, but like 90? Fine. Is it American Werewolf in Paris? No. American Werewolf in London. No, American Werewolf in London is... No. Okay. No. Uh, this movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. Spice World. No, Spice World is much further on the list. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have said Spice World earlier if it was in our top 10. Okay. <laughs> I would have saved it for all right. top 10 greatness. Um, but no, this movie is... Uh, Bend It Like Beckham. No, actually, I do like that movie. Really? Um, as a fun indie movie, but you know, it wouldn't. Is that an indie movie? I thought that was a normal movie with Keira Knightley. It's it's an indie movie. Oh, it was okay. a smaller it was a smaller film. Uh, no, this movie is Saving Private Ryan. Oh, okay, that was the number one movie. Number one movie at the box office in oh. 1998. Uh, a really fantastic movie. Um, a good war movie. Um, a good just like like solid story. You know, a good movie. movie where like people just die. People do die. That opening sequence is so fucking intense. Also, oh my Mythbusters God. totally blew that f- to shit. The opening sequence? The opening sequence. How, how did they blow the opening sequence to shit? Because they took a like a fifty cal gun and shot it into water and see if it, the bullets would go through water. Oh, the yeah, the, like the guys getting hit hit. Because uh, that was the whole the opening sequence is all, all those guys dying from getting shot in the water. I mean, they were pretty close to the surface. If you're close to the surface, it's no, still they did fuck it in Mythbusters. Up. We'll talk about it later. All right. Um, I know, like the like velocity of the bullet once it enters the water decreases significantly. By you know, like if you're three feet under, it would hurt, but like you wouldn't die. But yeah, yeah, they did this thing where they d- disproved that a bullet can't go through water. Either way, then they get to the beach, and all mayhem happens. Still, um, dudes get fucked up in that movie. Like, well, why would you have? Why would you have your your troop transports open from the front? <laughs> that, that's a good. That question. doesn't make any fucking sense. It's you know, it's a beach landing, man. It's a beach landing, and you have this giant thing where you can see you coming for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles. Also, they didn't care, and it's like, hey, we're gonna, we're coming. You you have you have a, a twelve hour notice that we're coming because you see mm-hmm. the ships lining mm-hmm. up, and then we finally get to the beach and we're dropping the door open. From the front, in a straight line to these fifty caliber machine guns, guns and they just like line them up and just yeah. shoot. That's just awful. I I really feel for those soldiers who were like, like as you were getting into the transport, you were the last one to get in the transport because you're the first one out that fucking door. <laughs> oh man, that'd be awful. Oh god, that is that is mm, it is terrible. the The depiction of of sort of like war in this movie. Even though you feel like what they're doing is important in this movie, as opposed to sort of what happens in another movie that was nominated in this in this movie or in this in this category this year, um, you, you know, there's still an appreciation for the sacrifice they made in 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 this movie. But the like sense of the shittiness of war in this movie um, 
was incredibly um you, you know impactful to me at at the age that I saw this you know I was I was um I was a teenager when when this movie came out and I remember seeing it in the theater uh, opening weekend and coming home from watching this movie and having a like 2 hour conversation with my parents about like life and like how shitty um you know like global struggles are and war and like it it really affected me in in a in a way um through my adolescence that that has stuck with me well my experience was a little different because i had my girlfriend at the time watching with me so i think Mm. i was probably making out through most of this movie it's a weird movie to make Um, out make out (laughs) only the parts that weren't that weren't stressful to watch Um, most of this movie is pretty stressful to watch i would pick and choose you know, oh, okay. So um, I keep one eye on this, one, you, one eye on it, and one eye, eye off. You every know. time Vin Diesel would come on the screen, she get all hot and bothered. You'd make out then. <laughs> um, pretty much, yeah, right. pretty much. But then he dies. He dies pretty soon. He does. There's a lot of death in this movie. There's a lot of death. Yeah. yeah, that's why I didn't like to see it. So that's why I closed my eyes and buried my head in my girlfriend's lips at the time. Good for you. Yeah, I don't remember her name was. So that anyway. that uh, well, why would you? Doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, that's high school. <laughs> Fuck cares. <laughs> Uh, that concludes our highest grossing films of 1998. Is there anything in there or like some of the movies we mentioned earlier that you feel um, were better than Shakespeare in Love that we could potentially add? There are some movies that came out. I this- hate Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> okay. Just so. going to put it out there. <laughs> Let's go over some of the movies we're going to add. Yeah. Like what? what is it? What is a movie that like comes to your mind that was made here that might <clears throat> might be a contender? Well, if I think about about the movies that came out in 1998 that I would add to <clears throat> this list, I have to say that American History X, which oh, um, yeah. Edward Norton was nominated for Best Actor. He, he lost. But the movie itself is a fantastic movie. It should be nominated. It's There's, a powerful movie, too. Like, it's powerful. It's a great movie. You, I don't know why it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. I don't know. I don't, because Shakespeare in Love was? But fuck Shakespeare in Love. This movie should have been nominated. And a, and a There's no reason why. Fucking movie about Queen Elizabeth the First that it just you sleep through. Like, this this movie is about intolerance. It's about being tolerant with intolerance. It's about dealing with shit that happens in your life. It's about um. It's just there's so many aspects of life that go into this. I'm gonna say that I'm a little surprised that you you're nominating this movie because it's in black and white. It's a good black it's, and white. It's one of the good ones. It's one of the good ones. <laughs> Uh, I completely agree. American History X is a phenomenal film uh, and is very worthy of being on this nomination list and is a real big snub, I think, um, this year. There's, I mean, like, I don't know. It, it feels like this year the uh, Academy voters really went... Were moronic? No, they were just so cliched, fucking predictable and bland. American History X would have shaken that. Um, like, to me, this is this is just as, like... You know, Academy shaking as like a Pulp Fiction, you know. But like, if this was, if it's this... a movie that makes you feel uncomfortable, it's a it's a movie that makes you know that makes you just kind of go, whoa, that was an intense, uh, like movie going experience. It is an intense movie. It's that's super that's intense. so different from the you know sort of normal regular big budget movies at the time that is impactful for future generations of filmmakers. You know? Yeah, the opening scenes of oh American God. History Get X stay with you. They still stay with me. So that's the kind of movie you want. Yeah, that curb stomp, man. It yeah. still haunts my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, a, it's a tough it's a tough movie. Yeah. And then there's other movies that are not as tough but they're just as good. For me on my side, I would say Truman Show. The Truman Show is a really good movie, really underrated movie. Um Jim Carrey's really good in it. Um what's what's the other guy? The the Developer. The guy that's in everything. The guy that's in Ed every Harris. movie. Oh, oh no, I wasn't thinking Ed Harris. I was thinking the uh, guy that plays the best friend. He plays oh. the best friend in everything. He's yeah, he's uh, a brilliant char- character actor. That's just always kind of that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Ed, Ed Harris is is really good. He's in, in this the movie. Americans. He is in the Americans. Yeah, it's true. My wife is never. binging the Americans right now. Oh, it's so good. Um, it's pretty good. Movie. I wish I could go back and pretty not have TV watched show. the first three seasons. It's so good. So that you could watch them again with fresh eyes. Yeah, it's because now it's kind of meh. But like, oh, I see. But like the first like couple of seasons were so good. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm not sort of very diligently watching. You should, you should, because it gets um, so awesome. Well, she she watches it uh, while I'm not there. 
oh, a lot man, too. So I I will catch like these three episodes, and then she'll watch six. And I'll be like, well, I don't. Why is this person doing this? She'll kind of catch me up. But you're like rooting for him. You're like rooting for him. You're like, wait a second, I don't want to root for these guys. They're Ruskies. They're like Russian. (laughs) I want to root for the other guys. But you don't. Yeah. Lots of wig work. Yeah. In in that show, I always wonder, like, how are they switching wigs so fast? Yeah. Anyway, they got really, really good wig people in the uh, in the KGB. (laughs) They do their own wigs. Um. Yeah. The Truman Show. Wigging. I would. I would agree with the Truman Show. Wigging. Nope. Nope. Okay. Okay. Well, let's move on. Uh, I would agree with the, the Truman Show. The Truman Show is a, a pretty underrated movie. You know, I I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. Every it's time, great acting. Every time I see it, um, great story. I've, I've enjoyed every every moment of it. It's very charming. Five fingers. Uh, I I think <laughs> I'm doing my own metric over here. <laughs> I think it's it's you know equally as charming as like a Jerry Maguire, um, which you know was also nominated. You know, it's it's of that caliber. Yeah, but it's got a dark aspect to it. There's there's a darkness to the to Truman Show, him not knowing what the people are doing to yeah, him. Yeah, it's so that makes socially it a aware. More compelling. Uh, compe- yeah. <clears throat> but what else we got? What else we got? Um, I would uh, I would throw in there Rushmore, uh, Wes Anderson film. Jason Schwartz. Jason Schwartzman. right? Jason Schwartzman. Schwartzman. Fucking Bill Murray. In in a movie that's great, but let's talk about in Jason a, over here. I Jason think he was snubbed for best supporting actor as well. He's great. Let's talk about Jason Schwartzman right there for a little bit. Schwartzy, I hate him. <laughs> it's not it's not just that I hate him. I really don't like him. You feel about Jason Schwartzman the way that I feel about Shakespeare in Love? <laughs> yes, it, it's something about the fact that he is just so annoying, especially in Rushmore and in everything he does. Maybe it's also because he's a Coppola, but. All right. I, I just do not like him very much. Um, I'm sure he's a great guy, but probably. But, but I don't like him. Well, okay. His I, acting is just so annoying. I, I would say that, you know, you can use that a bit because in Rushmore, he's supposed to be sort of this like really annoying, precocious Yeah, but it makes me, it's to the point where I do not want to watch that movie ever again. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I think it's a very valid film for, for this nomination. Uh, listing, because it, it's it's a really good film. It it's uh, it's got its own identity. It's got its own tone, you know. Um, and he's in there with my with my Bill Murray man. Bill Murray, love in Bill it. Murray. Bill Murray's one of my favorite actors. Can you add it just for Bill Murray? Yeah. We can okay. Do that. All right. So all right. Rushmore, you can shit on it all you want in the metric, but like, you know, at least at least put it in the caliber, you know. But it is it is it is post eighties Bill Murray. I mean. Eh. Yeah, when he was starting to do like these really rich dramatic Boring roles. roles like Royal Tenenbaums. Uh yeah, you know, he's in he's in almost every single one of those <laughs> Wes Anderson movies. Um Yes, like Life Aquatic. With Steve Zissou. Um but yeah, R- Rushmore for me at it. Um Okay. So, I think is that the only ones we have? There is one to- more that's kind of a sleeper for me. It's one of my favorite movies from when I was a teenager. Enemy of the State. No, I'll, that's a good movie, but not Oscar caliber. It's got Barry Pepper in it. It plays does. the sniper from, from Saving Private, Private Ryan. Ryan. Better in Saving and, Private Ryan. And, okay, wait. It's got one of your favorite actors in it. Will Smith? No, first film, one of his first films, Jack Black. Jack Black is in that movie. That's yeah. true. He's one of the tech guys in yeah. the, uh, with like Jamie Kennedy? Jamie Kennedy and Jack Black. Jamie Kennedy and Jack Black, yeah. Yep. Um, not Oscar caliber. And Mr. Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's also so in, in Royal Tenenbaums? Royal Tenenbaums, yeah. Full circle. Here we go. Uh, no, th- this We're like movie, a walking IMDb. <laughs> uh, this movie um, is is uh, the one that that I want to I want to add is uh, is a little debatable. It's a real. Well, tell us the fucking movie. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies from from this era, and it's incredibly charming as as a film, and that's Pleasantville. I love Pleasantville. Do you love Pleasantville? I would right. absolutely put this on the list. Cool. All right. A lot of there's Pleasantville gets a little bit of flack for being like uh like I, I don't know. Like cliche? I, I don't know. I it's not even the cliche. Like they make fun of cliches in the movie. That's they sort make of fun the of point. cliches, but the cliche is not about the funny what they're making fun of. The cliche happens when they're doing such an obvious social commentary in the movie. There's some real They're doing social commentary, but they're doing it in a super obvious way there's some some real sort of deep human moments in this movie that are incredibly powerful they talk about how 
Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So you want to add it? Yes. All right, cool. Pleasantville will be added. All right, so our full list of nominees then. So there's five nominees plus our four brings us to nine. Are Shakespeare in Love. Uh, Life is Beautiful. Elizabeth. The Thin Red Line. Saving Private Ryan. Pleasantville. The Truman Show. American History X. And Rushmore. So, um, you know, if you haven't seen any of these movies, you, you have a few days before part two, um, before we reveal uh, our, our ranking through our uh, five-finger metric. I highly recommend you see Pleasantville or Truman Show. Or American History X. If you have not seen American History X, go see American History X. You know, we thought Edward Norton was great in Primal Fear. He's even better in American History X. He is. He's really good. Um, equally different as... Part, different part. But, different but part. still, un, like, just... Super angry. Just skin-crawly, creepy, you know, um, in And in don't forget Edward Furlong, because Edward Furlong plays his younger brother, right. and he is great in it. I, there's not a lot in American History X that isn't fantastic. Um, Feruza Balk. Feruza Balk does a great job. I really love Feruza Balk. Really? I'm sad that she didn't have much of a career past the like the craft, the 90s and early aughts. Because she's got a very interesting look, though. She does. She can't do a lot of different parts. I think because true. I think the last thing I saw her in was the the what's that the wild. Deuces or the Deuces Deuces Wild. Deuces or Smoking Aces. No, Deuces, Deuces Wild. Wild? Deuces, Deuces Wild. Wild. I, that was the last thing I saw her in. Mm. And I haven't seen her in too much after that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she's she's working here and there. She probably did some TV work that we're not noticing. Lifetime know? original movies. Or like a CBS sitcom. Hallmark or original sitcom, movies. Like a, a formulaic, you know, crime drama or something. Um, but I was a real big fan of Feruza Balk. Um, of in this era, and uh, you know, why give Hollywood give Feruza Balk some more? Yeah, some roles. come on, switch the actors, <laughs> switch the actors to Feruza Balk. I like her a lot. Um, so I yeah, those, those are our nominees. Uh, go see, go see those movies, uh, so that you kind of you know you're kind of on the same page with us. And give us your review of these films if you've just seen something for the first time. We want to hear about it. We want to hear about it on our Twitter at Switch Envelope. Yeah, if, if we've convinced you to watch a movie that you never thought that you would want to watch because we recommended it to, to our nomination list or we talked about it or whatever, drop us a line on, on our Instagram. At Switch the Envelope. Uh, or our Twitter, at Switch Envelope, yeah, yeah. which you said, right? Yes, I, I did. Hope, I, hope I did. did. I okay. did, but it's cool. You can say it again. Yeah, at Switch Envelope. Follow us. Um, and as always, you know, like, subscribe, and um, review our show on any platform that you're you're listening to us on, and uh, most importantly, share the show with your friends, with Ooh, your loved you ones. You hear that? You hear that music coming in? Absolute strangers. You hear that music coming in? I do. That means it's time for our show to be over. That's true. Part oh, one so sad. is finished. That's so sad. Yeah, I'm always a little sad when the music starts. It, it's a it's a gleaming bit of hope though, Jeff, because it means that uh, there's a part two that we're gonna get to. Yes. So we'll get to these nominees. We'll rate them. Uh, we'll find out who should have really won Best Picture uh, in 1999 next time on Switch the Envelope. The following has been a Riff Laugh production.